0: Welcome to the Hope on the Hard Road podcast, where you and your family can find community, find encouragement, and find hope for the road ahead. Speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so that you will all be together in this. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Hey guys! Before we get started today, we wanted to remind those of you who are local to the San Diego area that registration is open for our date night event coming up on February 18th. It's gonna be a great night filled with fun, food, and time spent together connecting as a couple. Just go to our website at hopeontheharbor.org to register now. We're also excited to announce that we are partnering with Emmanuel Faith Community Church to provide respite care through their Buddy Break program. You'll want to register early as respite spots are limited. Just follow the links.
1: Hey guys, today we are kicking off our family series with an exciting podcast episode. It's the first of a two-part episode featuring the hilarious and heartfelt Bill and Pam Farrell. The Farrells are international speakers and authors of over 50 books, including the best-selling Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti. They are relationship specialists seeking to help couples become love wise. And we are so blessed to have them on to speak to us about marriage in the midst of hard circumstances. Let's get started. Well, hi, Bill and Pam. It's so good to have you guys on our podcast today and uh, share about family. And so really happy that you're here today. It is always a
2: pleasure to be with you guys. We just. We just think you're some of the most fun people in our lives. We would
3: totally hang out with you all the time. I wish we lived in the same city again. Um,
0: Yeah, it was Uh, a treat. Yes, it was. Us too. Ditto, ditto. So we would love it if you guys told us a little bit about yourselves and your family.
3: Yeah. Well, okay. So Bill and I have been happily married for uh, 42 years. We're going on 43 years and um fortunately
2: doesn't seem that long <laughs> yeah like this last anniversary i felt like we were celebrating somebody else's anniversary
3: We don't like,
0: When we did this, old this old happen old enough, right? <laughs> totally get that we just did 24 <laughs> and we were
3: like how did we get here mm. <laughs> yeah. and um we have three we raised three sons and they're all now um happily married to three beautiful smart, smart brilliant godly, kind, wonderful daughter-in-laws. I can go on and on about them. They're all very different, but they're all just precious. And we have five grandkids with two more on the way, both due early 2023. So we're excited about our family growing. Um, so that's all good. And, and share all that stuff.
2: Not so much to point out how good things are going, but because we're so amazed. Because everybody has a unique story. And our unique story is we both grew up in really unhealthy homes. Crazy.
3: Crazy, chaotic, like firstborn daughter of an alcoholic dad with severe rage issues. I always thought we would make the headlines, but not for a good reason. More like man shoots family, then shoots himself a lot of domestic violence in the home that I grew up in because of my dad's just out of control drinking and, he, and woundedness. He'd like, he was so wounded, the middle child of like 12, huge family during the Dust Bowl years, poverty. Um, his mom had to um, be a one-room schoolhouse teacher. So really his older sister raised him. I mean, it is like the makings for a lifetime movie. Um, So because of that, I don't think he ever felt really loved. And so he kind of struggled with his ability to show love and he didn't have the strong people skills that you really need, you know, to manage your anger and to know how to express your feelings and use your words, et cetera, et cetera. things that we teach our kids, it's like he just missed out on that. And because of that, he just used alcohol to like numb his pain so yeah that's that, that's my home of origin bill's life is equally
2: crazy but i i found out a <laughs> couple of years ago that in my family what's normal is when people get married they break their relationship with their parents
3: over ridiculous stuff like nobody came to anybody's wedding like bill's mom didn't come to our wedding her mom didn't come to her wedding And it's like, if you heard the reasons,
2: you'd be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So when Pam and I got married, we were not real confident about how to do marriage. Because all we looked at was, I don't want to do that. And we don't want to do that. And somebody told us, you should never decide what you don't want to do, because then you focus on it and you end up doing what you said you don't want to do. Right. So, So Pam and I have been on this journey trying to figure out how marriage works. And the fact that today, you know, we were able to have our three sons, their wives, and all their kids together for vacation, and everybody got along. Hmm. <laughs> the daughter-in-laws get along with each other. And we're just like, how, how did this happen coming from the families we grew up in? Mm. What a blessing. God has been very gracious to us. Amazing grace. Yeah, how sweet it truly
1: is. So that's such a great story, you know, sharing about your own experiences. And then maybe you can tell, you know, our listeners, how did you get then into full-time ministry when it came to marriage and family?
3: Right. Okay. Because we came from such crazy and chaotic backgrounds, our hearts were compelled um, to just help people. Even when we're dating, people would ask us like, relationship questions I mean we we're 19 years old but they would ask us you know how are you doing that why are you running your relationship the way you're running how come you're like not sleeping with each other before you're married like why would you do that and you know just all and kinds it, of questions
2: and at 19 you're really scared <laughs> <So> <laughs> are you you a, you're you happy are? to give advice to anybody
3: who <laughs> <has>. <laughs> right right so we started um we actually started doing one-on-one like just meeting with friends over coffee kind of very natural, very organic. Um, and then we, w- once we got married, um, we went straight into youth ministry, like day one, after our honeymoon, we went into high school ministry, then into junior high ministry. Um, then, uh, that church in Bakersfield, it was, a, it was a mega church and under our leadership, it, it went from like six, high school students to like 106 in a very short time. So they really believed in us and they sent us to seminary down in Los Angeles, uh, Biola and Bill went to Talbot. And so we got some training under our belt. We took some wonderful courses and classes from some of the best experts of the day, best-selling authors. We were mentored by Jim and Sally Conway and some people might recognize Jim's name, Jim Conway in that he he had two PhDs, but he came from a home equally in dysfunction uh, from ours. And he, and he just thought, maybe by getting enough education, uh, I'll I'll we'll know how to live so life. Good. Oh, yeah. And um, so what happened is he coined the term midlife crisis. He went through his own midlife crisis and then he did research and he wrote the books, Men in Midlife Crisis, You and Your Husband's Midlife Crisis. And so if you are familiar with that, uh, term midlife crisis it's it came from our mentor jim conway who's what now it? in heaven uh he served well here but uh, last summer he went to heaven and his wife sally had already gone to heaven uh cancer three times around mm. so um we had some great mentors that's just one set of mentors that we had because we knew we needed them and um, that's kind of uh one of our secrets to uh our marital successes when we were newlyweds um bill had this great
2: idea again you heard we got married at 20 and we had no idea what we were doing as a married couple so we would go to church and stand in the back while people went in and sat down and we would scan the crowd and look for couples who looked like they had been together for a while and still liked each other mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then we would go sit behind them
3: if you look with gray hair a little you know arm around or holding hands
2: or smiling yeah. and during the greeting time I would look at the guy and say hey you look like you're in love with this woman is this real and if they said yes I would say how did you do it well you can't answer that question at the greeting time at church so that normally led to going to lunch after mm-hmm. church and over lunch we would just pepper them with questions like what do you do first thing in the morning that sets an atmosphere in your home that you like? And what kind of habits do you have with each other that make your relationship move forward? And like, what is the thing you did that you would never do again? Because it wasn't a good idea the first time and you don't ever want to repeat it.
3: And, storm. What was your hope on the hard road? You know, mm-hmm. really.
2: And what we discovered is there's a lot of normal people sitting in church who have a lot of wisdom to share, but they're not presenters.
3: Like they would never teach a seminar, but their wisdom is like, uh, amazing over dinner, and so these mentors would, they, they didn't have time to answer us in church, so they're like, hey, uh, let's take you to lunch, and so not only did we get great wisdom, we got free lunch at 20, we we're like, woohoo, uh, it was a win-win, yeah, and um, now we are the, we turn around, and we take a lot of young couples out to lunch, because we know how much it helped us, you know, in those early days in particular, but we always have mentors in our life, because when you are on the hard road, you need somebody who's a little further ahead to share their wisdom and their experience. And that's what it gives you hope. That's why we love you guys, because that's, your, that's what you're doing. You're giving hope on the hard road to people that might just have heard, um, yes, you know, this baby that's beautiful right in front of you is special needs or this toddler. Oh, that's what's going on. And it's such a shock to the system. Our lives really intersected with you all because of sports. Our sons were uh, high school athletes and in Fellowship for Christian Athletes, you know, and Eric's a coach and coaching weekend that we spoke at. We got connected with you, fell in love with your hearts. You just you were darling even way back then. You don't even look older. I don't think that's really fair.
2: Uh, <laughs> Even though you were coaching at a rival school, yeah, yeah, we well, still you know. found ways to be connected. Yeah.
3: To you. Uh, and <laughs> you know, then you know, we were dealing with a ADD ADHD son. Our middle son Zach is strong-willed, ADD ADHD. Um, our our younger son, we didn't know at the time we met you guys, but he actually had just. Dis- dysgraphia and i can't even remember this really long word with the way he processes words he's an engineer and it's a good thing because like we're writers he is not a writer let's just say that he's learned technical writing now but he had this kind of um special need way his brain worked in that like if he wanted to write the word cinnamon he would write chrysanthemum and it, it, he always would just insert weird, random things. So when you read his writing, you're like,
2: what is yeah. this? <laughs> we we have a word that has been captured in our family system because of this. Right. That we use all the time. Because he said to us one day, I'm sorry I misunderheard you.
3: And we're like, oh, wow, okay, let people <laughs> misunderhear all the time. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, brilliant. That is so
0: good. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, you guys, you have been such amazing mentors to us. Mm-hmm. And we remember literally right about the time we were looking at Abby being diagnosed, we came to one of those weekends with FCA and you guys prayed over us. And it was just a monumental, pivotal point in our lives and in our family. So, all those years of being mentored over marriage and family is just, you know, rooted in us. And we just can't thank you guys enough. Mm-hmm. So,
3: yeah. Sometimes you just need to know that God sees you yeah. and God hears you and God cares for you. Yeah. And so sometimes the most simple act of kindness towards a special needs family goes a long way mm-hmm. because a lot of times you'll feel, you feel invisible or unwanted. Like uh, our oldest son was Mr. Perfect win all the awards, yada, yada. And so everybody's like, Oh yeah, Brock's here. Come on, kids. And then Zach was, like, always in trouble, uh, and he was getting other kids in trouble with him, and, you know, he was, he's super brave ABD, so he would, like, jump off all buildings, not with a single bound, not like Superman, but just, <laughs> you know, and on the playground, it was... Insanity, like moms would run away with their children. Like, no, no, Zach's here. I think we have to go. I'm sure my phone's ringing. You know, <laughs> so I felt both ways as mom, like loved and wanted, and like <laughs> I had the plague or you know some
2: disease. <laughs> run
3: away! Oh goodness, totally. I I'm so thankful you shared
0: that because so many of us moms feel that absolutely. You know, today we're talking about marriage and specifically marriage in the midst of hard. And a lot of our couples that we serve have a lot of chronic stress in their lives as they raise their children, like you just mentioned. And so that then causes that stress in their marriage. Is there anything you guys would share to encourage these couples in their marriage?
3: Well, one thing is that men and women, we process stress differently. In our bestselling book, Men Are Like Waffles, I'm Like Spaghetti, we talk about the differences between men and women, but it really shows up in the area of managing stress. For example, uh, we women, we talk our way through stress. Like when I'm stressed out, my mom knows it, my sister knows it, my best friend knows it, the clerk at Walmart will know that I'm stressed. <laughs> Um, That's right. But how guys manage stress is they like to go their favorite easy boxes to rest and recharge. But God kind of helped us girls out so we could recognize these recharger boxes in that most of them are shaped like boxes. For example, the TV screen shaped like a box, the iPhone shaped like a box, the computer screen, the football field, the baseball diamond, the basketball court, the soccer goal, the pool table. Uh, All shaped like boxes. The refrigerator is shaped like a box and the bed is shaped like a box. In fact, that bed box, that S-E-X box, the favorite box for husbands to go to when they're stressed out is like a three square in the middle of a bingo card. And our husbands can get there from every other square on their waffle. Hmm. Yeah, so we process stress differently.
2: And, you know, I would encourage any couple who is, uh, like I like your term, they're under chronic stress. Mm -hmm. I I would encourage those couples to bring their philosophy of life down to a few really simple reminders. Like the first reminder I would say to everyone is what you're doing matters. Like for some reason, God thought you could handle this situation. And every child is difficult to raise. Some are more difficult than others, but every child is a challenge. You know, the Bible says that foolishness is, is pent up in the heart of a child. And as parents, we have to work that out. And God looked at the kids that you have and said, you know what, I think these two can handle. And so remind each other that there's honor in what we're doing and what we do matters. The second thing I would say is we need to give each other breaks. Mm -hmm. Like we Mm -hmm. are not machines. We are not robots. Mm -hmm. We aren't superhuman. We're just people trying to raise little people. And one of the best things you can do is deliberately give each other some time off. Because sometimes it's amazing. You get a half day off to go do whatever you want. It's amazing how you come back and suddenly your family looks good again. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you start to like the people that you love one more time because all of us need breaks. And God even illustrated that for us. On, on the seventh day, he rested.
3: He didn't need the rest. It's God.
2: He but did he, it for
3: us. to yeah. role model.
2: Yeah. So it's really smart just to say, Hey, let's give you a day off, let's give me a day off, and let's let's make it happen as often as we can. It can be
3: just like, I'll give you an hour off, and give me an hour off. I mean,
2: every little bit. Mm-hmm. And the third thing I would encourage every couple that's under stress to remind each other is let's keep laughing. Because it's it's difficult, it's challenging, but in the midst of it, really funny stuff happens. Oh yeah. And okay. sometimes we lose the freedom to laugh about it. When it really is funny, mm-hmm. and you know, we just recently we we had a prayer time with our family, and because we had lots of ages involved, Pam, she just had everybody have three by five cards, and rather than pray out loud, they would just write a note or write a verse or write a prayer out,
3: and everybody would share their request, and then you would listen and ask God what what message you want me to share God through me to their heart, and so you know, the littles, the, the two year old, all the way to eighty two. Uh, So the Littles would draw and then others would maybe write a verse or a quote or um, a message. Um, But So everybody had me three by five words.
2: And I was in the midst of caretaking for my 92-year-old dad. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the difference between a 92-year-old and a two-year-old is a bank account. (laughs) Other than that, they're the same. So it was really challenging. And my prayer request was I need to have stamina and a good sense of humor. And my 10-year-old granddaughter, write out a note, Jesus, please give Papa strength and help him have a better personality. <laughs> That's fabulous. We've been laughing about that ever since.
3: Yeah. And um, so before COVID, we were uh, caregiving. I mean, everybody's world shut down, and the stress was up for everybody, and it still is. We live in this world that we don't recognize even still today. And, um, but we had, we now downsize um, our large home and our ministry, like all the ministry compound down in San Diego County. We moved up to care for Bill's then 88 year old parents. Now Bill's mom is gonna be 93. Um, And Bill's dad just went to heaven um, Mm. like last six weeks. And so it was, we loved moving onto the boat because the boat was like coming to vacation in the middle of this caring for our ministry you know full time jobs and then caring for Bill's parents full time jobs caregiving mm-hmm. and so we when we had to move inland we moved into a 300 square foot rv now i don't know about on their property because we were the best people the safest people to caregive you know bill's parents and bill's dad was frail of body then became frail of mind with dementia and bill's mom is frail of mind Uh, hoarder and agoraphobic so not an easy scenario right so we moved to this 300 square foot rv and i I don't know about you but that was never on my goal sheet i want to move into a trailer on my in-laws property yeah no it wasn't right and so to cope, uh like one of our friends um they're edutainers uh the lafoons and we're going to be doing a conference with them um, and they have these conferences that are at these wonderful resorts twice a year So you can plan, One of like several friends that we meet there are parents of special needs kids and they plan in their respite care so they can go to this conference once a year. Anyway, they're funny. So during COVID, they were doing these humor nights, you know, Uh, and so we were watching them. They said, yeah, when you get on each other's nerves and 24 seven together, we just go to other ends of the house. And we're like, we don't have other ends of the house. We have inside and outside, like, (laughs) And on a rainy day, we don't even have that. Yeah. So what we decided to do is we would take a walk, a prayer walk. We always have done a prayer walk in the evening. We would take a prayer walk and on the way out, we would listen to Christian comedians. And on the way back, we would pray for one another. And I tell you, that was the best coping skill uh, for those couple years that we caregiving was so heavy. And then the others, we just learned to laugh. You know, when, when you have somebody and their brain doesn't work the way everybody else's does, like Bill's dad when he had dementia, after several yeah, well, strokes.
2: My, my dad was an engineer, more attached to work, uh, numbers, numbers than he was relationship to relationships and words. So mm-hmm. later on in his life, he would get mad at you in numbers.
3: He would like, 87,
2: you! I didn't mean 87, 88!
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> at his funeral our our youngest son who's the engineer um he created uh, like these stickers out of everybody's birthday and anniversaries and then all of the engineering equations that an aerospace engineer might use that grandpa used to put men on the moon etc and he passed them out at the funeral and we all like put these numbered stickers on his casket, as we said, goodbye to Ed. And I tell you, it turned something that could have been a hard thing into a beautiful moment. Yes. Hmm.
0: What a thought from your son, who's better with numbers than language. Oh, wow. Wow.
1: You know, one of the things you guys mentioned uh, was taking a time off, both as men and women. And, you know, one of the things is a, a nonprofit we we focus on is that exact idea. That's why we have mom's day out and dad's day out. In fact, we just had our dad's day out recently.
2: Awesome.
1: Yeah. and And for that idea to be with other people. And have a time away and really connect and realize you're not alone in these these journeys. It's really a powerful thing, and I know the the wisdom you've you've shared this before. And so it's always kind of been in our idea knowing what kind of things are necessary for couples to strive. So uh, really appreciate that. You know, one of the uh, challenges of our families is well, our families, our extended families, and not necessarily understanding what's going on with the diagnosis, uh, the parenting that goes on with that um, And so all of that can compound stress as kind of the subject we're talking about. How would you encourage couples to handle this type of situation and and to protect their marriage?
3: Right your extended family well so I'm going to speak on a super practical level first and then we'll talk about the extended family bill like works with a lot of couples with those kind of dynamics. For us, just the survival level, ground level, how can you thrive, like not just survive, but like thrive and build into your marriage? And um, so people ask us all the time, what's your secret? And we go, how, how were you so productive? You've written 57 books between you and um, together. And you raise these kids that are now like leaders in their fields, and you have a strong marriage, even coming from the hard backgrounds that you came from. Like, what's your secret? And um, I, all during Bill as a pastor and as a women's ministry director, so carrying like a load in our community as well. And honestly, our secret started way back out of desperation, and that was um, we not knew we needed to set new patterns in our life and so we decided that we would have a Monday morning marriage meetup and we did we started it when we're newlyweds and it was kind of like a business meeting for our marriage like Thursday night was like our date night and romance and red hot monogamy that's what we like to call it anyway because it's a good code word you can use around little ears (laughs) Uh, so we, you know, you plan that romance in and ours was on Thursday nights and, um, a lot of it was at home. We like taught our kids, there was a Thursday night toy basket that they could play with their Thursday night, you know, audio and videos. They couldn't use those things any other day at that time. And they could stay up as long as they wanted, uh, as long as they stayed on their bed. If they got off their bed, light went off bedtime, you know, all the fun left the room. Um, So they became really cooperative. So we had a lot of good dates at home even. Um, And then we would trade with other parents to get respite because our family lived far away. Um, Now, with us as grandparents, we actually fly in once a year for each one of our kids. And we do Nana Papa camp. And we give them, you know, between three and five days off. Oh, uh, so that. they can have that just for their marriage and they can, you know, use it for a conference or they can go away and just do nothing but sleep and eat and have red hot monogamy, whatever they need.
2: Mm. Uh,
3: yeah, so that's what we do. But our Monday morning marriage meetup, that business meeting, uh, for our, our marriage that actually kept us on the same page pulling together. And uh, we'll give like a little acrostic. Um, you can go to love-wise.com and there's several videos on the marriage meetup page. And the official uh, title is Marriage Meetups. It's a his and hers devotional planner for couples that want more uh, passion, purpose and productivity.
0: Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you back here in two weeks for part two of our marriage episode. Resources and contact information for today's podcast will be included in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share us with others and be sure to follow us so you won't miss an episode. And we'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment or rating and connect with us on social media or on our website at hopeonthehardroad.org.